five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher, and this is the Space Cube Podcast. My guest this week is rocket expert Adam Trumpour. By day, Adam is a mild-mannered engineer for Pratt & Whitney. By night, he works on rockets and helps mentor students interested in rocketry. One of his latest endeavors is launching the Launch Canada Challenge. He's also involved in the $1 million Base 11 Space Challenge. Today, Adam provides us an update on both projects. Listen in. Welcome back, Adam, to the Space Q podcast. Thanks for having me, Mark. So the last time we talked about the Launch Canada Challenge was in October at the Montreal Space Symposium. You were just announcing it. I know you've been very busy since then refining the the challenge, including putting a plan and a schedule together. So bring our listeners up to speed. What's happened since then? So uh, yeah, we've been uh, making quite a lot of uh, a lot of progress on that on a number of different fronts. So uh, obviously, one of our our major priorities has been trying to secure a launch site because that's sort of foundational to everything. So we've had some uh, some very good uh, discussions with the uh, the Canadian Air Force, and um, where we uh, where we left it off is I mean they're they're very. They're generally supportive of the effort, so they're just now um, looking into what exactly they could uh, they could do to support this, and uh, you know possibly what sort of location. So they're they're kind of taking care of things internally. Um, so that's probably going to carry on for a little bit longer before it's all really firmed up. But uh, it, it's definitely progressing. So that's uh, that's been really positive. Um, had a number of really good conversations as well with uh, with various uh, other government agencies as, as well as a bunch of uh, private companies as well. And um, the generally the level of support for this competition from pretty much all circles has been really good to see. And I think one of the things that I've really emphasized with a lot of people is that, you know, we're not just doing this competition for the sake of having a challenging engineering competition. It's really part of this much larger strategy to try to address this basic dilemma that we have in Canada where, you know, you've got all of this amazing enthusiasm and demonstrated talent for rocketry, but not a lot of outlets to be able to really run with this. And so we're hoping that with the competition, we can we can change that. And we're also putting together a larger organization that will not just be the body that organizes the competition, but will act as kind of a locus for amateur rocketry in Canada, we hope, and, uh, you know, help, uh, help provide students with resources and help to connect them with people who are knowledgeable so that they can uh, learn how to do this safely. Now, let's go back a little bit before I get into some more uh, questions on uh, some of the updates. You've got three challenges. You've got the beginner launch challenge, the subsystem design challenge, and the advanced launch challenge. If, yep. you, if you can, 
just briefly describe them so that our audience is, is familiar with what, what all three challenges are. Okay, so the the beginner launch challenge was intended to be kind of an, an entry level, very accessible challenge that uh, looks similar to uh, to the basic category in other rocketry competitions like the Spaceport America Cup. So that one is going to focus on building and launching a rocket to ten thousand feet altitude. And it will allow for the use of commercially made off-the-shelf rocket motors. So basically, this will be a big uh, student-built high-power rocket. And for a lot of uh, rocket teams who are just getting started out, this tends to be the the path that they go. Uh, Then there's going to be the advanced launch challenge. And that one is really going to be sort of the signature event for the competition. And that's going to focus on more complex, more advanced rocket designs. It is going to be limited to student-built hybrid or liquid propulsion systems. And one of the things that we want to do with that one is really emphasize the overall systems engineering um, of the vehicle. So rather than simply telling them a particular target altitude to uh, to go to, we're going to do what you do in industry. Um, you know, we'll we'll encourage the students to define their requirements, and we'll give them some very high level requirements and guidelines. But uh, they'll have a lot of flexibility. And then they'll be assessed based on, you know, the quality of their overall engineering effort to put this together and based on how closely their final rocket does what they designed it to do. Um, Then the third component of this competition is going to be the technology development challenge. And the idea behind that is that with a lot of uh, existing competitions, you know, if you've got one year to build an entire rocket, it doesn't usually let you uh, drill down in detail in, you know, any of the specific key areas of a rocket. You you just have limited time to do it. So we wanted to uh, to have this, uh, this additional category where teams can really focus on either component level or subsystem level technologies. Um, without uh, necessarily, you know, immediately having to build them into something and fly it. So we'll take almost more of a science fair type approach for that category. So if you've got one team that wants to uh, build a super lightweight liquid oxygen valve and another team wants to uh, demonstrate a new uh, telemetry system and a third one wants to static test an engine, they would be able to, uh, to enter with those projects. And on top of that, we're trying to uh, reach out to uh, to industry uh, for their support on these challenges as well to make this almost more of a crowdsourcing um, exercise. So if a company wanted to sponsor a specific sub-challenge, they could do that and they could then help to set the specific parameters of that challenge so that either – it uh, you know incentivizes the students to uh, to demonstrate skills that they might want to hire, or encourages them to develop something that might actually be of practical value to that company. Now, okay, so before I ask some questions on that, uh, let me just go back to where we started. So, in terms of the uh, location. Um, you did say that you've got the Air Force interested. Um, it was my understanding that they they were pretty much on board, but obviously you don't have all the everything uh, 
you know, the I's dotted, the T's crossed yet, uh, and something signed. So, but you are confident that you'll get them uh, signed up uh, in time to uh, possibly hold the competition this summer? Okay, so in terms of the schedule, um, what we're we're looking at doing at this point is probably to have kind of a, a smaller shall we say proof of concept event for uh, for this summer um, with the first full competition probably summer 2020 and that's you know that that's partly because obviously these these things take some time to organize but it's also because by this point it's late enough in the year that uh, a lot of student teams either aren't going to have time to get something ready uh, for this summer or just don't have any budget left to, uh, to travel to, to another major competition. So we, uh, we had kind of a soft registration period with the student teams and we got, uh, a decent turnout, but, you know, kind of half of the number that, uh, we would have liked to get. And for the ones who weren't able to make it, uh, it was just because you know they they either don't have the money or they're not going to be able to uh, to meet the schedule for this year, and so it was felt that given that the the first full competition is really going to be the critical one that hopefully ensures that there will be a second one, um, we really wanted to uh, to do it right and make sure that we could get everybody there. Um, for that. So we're going to uh, probably end up holding the the first really big competition 2020. But uh, we're going to do a a smaller event uh, in 2019 so that we we can continue building toward it. And uh, that's probably going to end up uh, piggybacking on an existing space conference um, so that we can use that opportunity to get as many of the teams together as possible and you know help them to interact with each other and with um, the the larger industry and present the things that they're working on and uh, discuss and collaborate and uh, and possibly also you know have uh, have some design reviews going on along with that uh, for their their larger uh, rocket projects. So this year, then, um, your proof of concept is basically getting some teams together, but nothing will be launched this year. So the the launch part we're still debating. Um, there there I know there are a couple teams that would love to be able to do at least sort of a demonstration launch um, in conjunction with this. So we're we're looking at whether there might be ways to do that. Um, the the challenge with that is that typically the sort of places that are good for hosting conferences are not usually the sort of places that are also good for launching rockets. Um, so it, it's tricky to uh, to juggle both of those things. Um, but uh, but we're exploring a few different possibilities. So uh, on ter- in terms of the launching, um, I'll, I'll just say that we will we'll see. All right. Um, and now in terms of uh, a location for next year, um, is there a preferred location that you have? So we're, uh, we're looking at central Canada. Um, there, uh, th- there's been some, uh, some talk specifically of, uh, air force bases in Alberta. Um, generally, you know, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta tend to have a lot of 
nice wide open areas, which is really handy if you want to launch stuff. Um, the more central we can do this, the better as well, obviously, so that, uh, you know, it's maximally uh, convenient for as many people as possible or, or, or maybe uh, just equally inconvenient for people on both sides of the country. Um, the uh, the other option actually that we are looking into is we've we've had some uh, really uh, good support for this from maritime launch services and so there has been some talk about exploring the possibility of uh, of their site uh, if not for year one then you know maybe for for some some point down the road so that uh, obviously requires a little bit more legwork. <laughs> Um, since it's not uh, a big corridor of restricted airspace like you get with an airbase. And so um, the logistics of being able to launch into that are more complicated. Uh, but uh, we're, we're certainly exploring uh, that uh, option as well. And, and I must say there's a part of me that thinks it would be incredibly cool to be able to have a, a major rocket competition at a functioning orbital spaceport. Yeah, that would be uh, really good. Uh, of course, um, I think um, 2020 would be premature for MLS. Uh, I mean, that would be premature for MLS. Yeah, yeah. that would be. Uh, I, I suspect that would be. I think the, you know, uh, maybe, maybe a, call, call it a christening of the site. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, 2021 uh, would be the earliest. If even then, uh, I mean, they're going through their, uh, you know, the. The second phase of their uh, environmental assessment with uh, Nova Scotia Environment right now, and it'll be a yep. couple months before that's uh, decided. Uh, and if they if they get the go ahead at that point, uh, you know, then it's going to be a good uh, two years before their facility is uh, is ready to go. I, I would think. Um, yep. So uh, Alberta, Central Canada, uh, possibly uh, the Maritimes. Um, okay, so we've got some locations now. In terms, also had some really good uh, conversations with uh, with Transport Canada as well um, on uh, just what would uh, would be needed to uh, to get uh, civilian approval for, uh, for for rocket launches, and actually they they've been impressively open to uh, to the possibility as well. So had some really good uh, discussions with them too. Now. Uh, in terms of a student competition or a rocket launch competition happening in Nova Scotia uh, at um, uh, the location where Maritime Launch Services is uh, looking to, to set up, is that something you could, uh, I mean, how many days would this be? Would it be like uh, a three-day competition or? Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking at probably two to three days. And how often would you launch and to what heights would it be? So I'm just trying to get an idea of, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, restrictions on the airspace uh, might be needed and right. how would that dis disrupt, you know, uh, uh, local flight traffic for, you know, Halifax Airport, et cetera. Yeah, well, actually, the the other uh, challenge with uh, with a launch out of there is that obviously for the spaceport, its launch trajectories are all going to be typically out over the ocean, uh, which is what you want for an orbital rocket. It's not so good for uh, for an amateur rocket, um, and I don't think uh, any of the teams are quite ready to attempt a SpaceX style barge landing yet. So um, that would tend to mean that uh, you know we we'd need to look into what sort of uh, 
downrange distance we have for trajectories going over the land, and I suspect that's going to be a lot more restrictive. So that that's certainly one of the things that gets a little bit uh, challenging there. Um, in terms of altitudes for the competition, um, we're, we're aiming at 10,000 feet for the, the basic category. For the advanced category, um, student teams right now are launching to 30,000 feet for the, the Spaceport America Cup that they all go down to. Um, and there are a, at least a couple student rockets that are, are aiming for uh, higher altitudes than, uh, than that. So it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you're, you're going to have trade-offs, whatever site you choose. And some, some sites that might be more accessible are probably also going to be more restrictive in what kind of altitudes you can go to. So at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things that we're going to need to decide, you know, what's the best fit going to be for the competition. Now, uh, in terms of other organizations that might be interested in participating with you, uh, have you had discussions with the Canadian Space Agency? Yes, had uh, had some some very good discussions with the CSA. Um, they've uh, they've been very uh, very supportive of uh, of this, and I think they've they've had student rocketry on their radar for uh, for a while now, and have been starting to look into what they might be able to do to support this kind of thing. So they're, as far as I know, they're, they're working towards that. Um, but, uh, apart from that, uh, there have also been individuals within the CSA who have been, you know, on, on their own, very supportive of this competition and who are helping us as, uh, as advisors and such and putting this together. Do you see the Canadian space agency signing on as a, I don't know, a partner? I'd certainly like for that to happen, um, and uh, I, I think uh, I think there's definitely a possibility that we could we could get there. Um, I'm I, let's say I'm optimistic, okay. And I think it, it does seem appropriate for uh, for the CSA to be on board with something like this. And uh, on top of that, you know they they've got people who are very knowledgeable about space systems engineering. And so they can be involved in other ways as well, like, uh, you know, either judging or mentoring of teams and things like that. Now, Launch Canada itself, have you, is it an incorporated entity now? In the process of. In the process of. Okay. And you're bringing in other people to, to work with you on a more regular basis? Yep, that's right. All right. Um, in terms of... Um, corporations that might be interested in working with you have you had uh, any approach you are you have you talked to you know for instance uh magellan uh who, who else might be interested in working with you that you've had talks with I've uh, I've actually had uh, had conversations with a number of Canadian space companies obviously you know there there are a number of uh small launch vehicle startups uh, that are just coming onto the scene in Canada. Um, and they're all extremely supportive of, uh, of this type of effort. Um, in terms of more established companies, there's actually been an impressive amount of interest uh, from, from many of them as well. And I think one of the nice things about rocketry is it's hard to find a project that's more multidisciplinary. So there's really no aspect of engineering that doesn't work its way in somehow. 
And if you look at a lot of established aerospace companies, whether it's, you know, MDA or Pratt & Whitney or, or others, um, in many cases, they already provide sponsorship to, to individual student rocketry teams. So there's there's some history there already. So for the competition, you know, we're, we're just kind of providing a more structured way to, uh, to do this on a larger scale. Now, have you approached any potential anchor sponsor or anchor sponsors to, because you're going to need uh, some, you know, a little more funding than you probably have. Yep. Uh, y- yes, we have. And um, I, I I won't say too much on that one until we've got things a little bit uh, more locked down. But uh, yeah, there, there are a couple, uh, a couple potential key sponsors who, uh, who we're in talks with. All right. Now, in terms of the competition of itself, when you get to the full-blown competition in 2021, what are you hoping for in terms of registrations? Are we talking 10 teams, 20 teams, 30 teams? And is it? Uh, are you looking at trying to get uh, universities to collaborate with colleges and maybe get some high school students in, in participating? Um, yeah. So in, in terms of the numbers uh, – Currently, there are about 20 Canadian university rocket teams that uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, if we tried to really fast track the competition and, and do something late this summer, we'd probably get, you know, eight to 10 of them out for that. Um, I think that pushing it to uh, to 2020 for the for the first big event means that uh, we should be able to get hopefully most of those uh, those 20 teams out to it that's uh, that's the target anyway um in terms of the collaboration um yes absolutely and i know a lot of the uh, the rocket teams already collaborate in various ways with uh, with high schools and with community colleges so there there are a lot of uh, things that people are already doing but uh, i think there's there's a lot of uh, opportunity to, uh, to to do things like that, especially you know when you've got colleges that uh, have a lot of expertise in machining or welding or fabrication, things like that that are, are directly useful for uh, for building rockets. All right, uh, before I change the topic and go uh, and start a discussion on the Base Eleven Space Challenge, which you're involved in as well, is there anything else that we should know about Launch Canada that I haven't uh, asked you? Um, I think uh, you know, j- just in general, we're we're finding ourselves at this pretty remarkable time in Canada where. For, for such a long time, we'd sort of conditioned ourselves to think that rocketry isn't something that we can really do here. Um, but it, it's kind of remarkable seeing how quickly that is beginning to change. And I think that, you know, once people get a glimpse that something they didn't realize was possible actually might be, you sort of can't unsee that, you know, we uh, we live in a world now where private companies can launch uh, rocket stages and land them again on barges and uh, and fly Teslas to uh, out past Mars, and where small uh, companies out of uh, small countries like New Zealand can orbit spacecraft. And so I think Canadians really are starting to realize that uh, this is the world that we live in and there is no reason why we shouldn't be able to uh, to take part in this as well. And so I think that uh, it's, 
it's been a lot of fun seeing how this has been developing, and I'm really optimistic for uh, for how uh, how far we're going to be able to take this. Hopefully, now. As if you weren't busy enough, you're also <laughs> involved in the Base Eleven Space Challenge in the U.S., and it's it's a it's it's a little sim- similar to the Launch Canada Challenge, except for one particular thing, which is there's a one million dollar uh, prize uh, mm-hmm. that's involved with with that competition. Um, how is that challenge proceeding? Uh, how many Canadian teams are involved? Right. So uh, so that one's proceeding very well. We've got uh, five Canadian teams uh, who signed up for it, and uh, all of them are, uh, are still in the running at this point. Um, right now, we're... Most of the teams are going through the the design phase. So one of the things that we've emphasized with uh, with the Base Eleven Challenge is, you know, re- really a, a real world engineering approach where you start by um, doing a high level conceptual design of your vehicle, and then you know there will be design reviews at various points along the way. So knowledgeable people from industry and academia can can look things over and make sure that you are on the right track before you start progressing. Um, so they're, they're in that phase right now. A number of teams are starting to get close to doing some initial test firings of rocket engines. Um, and one of the major things that's been ongoing as well is, is safety training. So back in, I believe it was October, we had a big... Uh, in-person uh, safety training session for for members of all the different teams, and I uh, helped out uh, conducting some of that training. Um, we're going to be having a, uh, a hands-on liquid rocket engine testing training session uh, coming up in the next couple months. So that'll be an opportunity for teams to uh, you know see how this stuff is really done. So there's a lot of things like that going on right now. And uh, who are the five Canadian teams? So the five Canadian teams that we've got are University of British Columbia, Simon Fraser University, uh, University of Toronto, uh, Concordia, and McGill. And McGill. So Ontario, Quebec, and BC. All right. Yep. Uh, And uh, from what I understand, the... uh, First static test firing. Um, oh, no, actually, no. What's coming up next is the preliminary design report. That's sometime in March. Is that right? That's right. Okay. And you expect all five Canadian teams not to have an issue with that? That's certainly the hope, yeah. And I, I think that, uh, you know, all of all of them are on the right track. And all of them are making uh, really solid progress. And uh, from what I understand, the first when, – when, when would a team have an opportunity to actually win the competition? Is it like uh, – is it 2021? Um, yeah. So the, uh, the, the target end date is basically the end of 2021. Um, there are a couple uh, launch windows that we've earmarked. So – for for teams that might be a little bit farther along who feel like they can um, attempt a, a slightly earlier launch, we want to make sure that they've got the opportunity to do that. And but, uh, yeah, basically, it's all going to be 2021. 2021. And uh, is somebody going to win this challenge? Oh, great question. Um, I, uh, I, I, I think so. I think it uh, it absolutely can be done. 
Um, it having said that, you know, this is th- this is a really difficult challenge. There's uh, th- there's certainly no no way around that. It's uh, it's difficult. It's ambitious. Um, and it's uh, it's not going to be inexpensive either. You know, un- unfortunately, the reality is rocket hardware gets pricey, and not just the rocket itself, but you know, test equipment and all, all of the the other pieces that that you need to do something like this. Um, so, I think that uh, the teams are going to have their their work cut out for them, even just financing the project. But uh, but having said that. I know a lot of teams are uh, ha- have been really doing a good job of getting getting sponsors and support. So I think that if that keeps up, then uh, there there's no reason why people uh, won't be able to uh, to pull this off. Hopefully, and just so since we haven't said it, the actual challenge itself is to launch a liquid propelled single stage rocket to an altitude of 100 kilometers. That's by, right. By December 2021. And like you said, uh, it is expensive. Um, and I would assume that one of the lessons that there, some of the teams that might be close to being successful is um, is how to be a startup and actually go out and fundraise some money. Because like you said, uh, it's going to cost them money to, to do this. So out of curiosity, yeah. uh, as at a ballpark figure, what do you think it, it would actually cost them to, to, to achieve this challenge? So for uh, I mean obviously the beauty of, of student teams is that uh, you're you're not uh, necessarily paying a lot of salaries so that's a major cost savings there but you know it, it's certainly going to be on the order of several hundred thousand dollars I would expect so and I'm... some teams will be farther along than others you know they might already have suitable test stands or other equipment um, whereas others are going to have to work their way up to that. Um, but uh, it's it, it's certainly no small undertaking, but it's also not not an unthinkably large one. So now, um, uh, how many teams are in the competition or are, are in the competition altogether? Oh, I'm trying to remember what uh, what that number was. I think we had something over thirty of them. Okay, and um, of the five Canadian teams. Uh, do any of any one of those five have a realistic chance of winning? I, I think they do. I, I think they do, and I think that uh, you know, just looking at how well the Canadian teams have uh, have done at uh, competitions in the U.S., um, one of the things that's really impressed me with pretty much all the Canadian teams. Is just how uh, how rigorous and disciplined they they've been. Like I've been to some of their design reviews, and it's it is really interesting doing this kind of competition because, in a sense, you don't just have to try to build a rocket. You've got to build an organization that is capable of building a rocket. And so when I see teams that uh, understand that and are putting in place a, a solid framework that uh, that can help them to get there i that that makes me feel like uh, there's some real potential and you know I, I think the canadian teams have been very good at doing that okay 
Well, I think we'll uh, leave it at that. Uh, it's been a year since I've had you uh, on the show to, to talk about rockets uh, in any great uh, length. So uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, best of luck with the uh, Launch Canada. Uh, we're definitely uh, pulling for you to, to, to get that put together so that uh, uh, you can have a preliminary uh I suppose, soft launch this summer and then, a f- then the full competition next year. And as you go along, we'll uh, get you back on the show. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, Mark. Always a pleasure. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Cube podcast. If you like this show, please support us on Patreon. The address is patreon.com slash We really appreciate feedback, and to help us, we ask you consider to write a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music if you're so inclined. If you have any comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca, or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca, where you'll find an archive of each episode. If you send me a comment by email, I'll write back to you as soon as I can. On Twitter, you can follow us at Canada in Space. And if you use Facebook, you can find all our articles and links to the podcast on our page, The Space Cube. If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app.